Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight, we're beginning Chapter 2 of Shara Talking in the Gate of Trust. And, you know, previously, we've been learning. In Chapter 1, we learned what trust is. What is trust? We learned that trust is relying on the person that he's going to fulfill what he has told you. And even more than that, whether or not you're deserving. So you're relying on the provider that he's going to take care of you even more than he has said, regardless of if you are deserving or not. That is true trust. So in chapter two, we're going to break this down into seven qualities that a provider must have in order for us to trust in him, to really trust. And uh, as you see, this is my own handout, so it's, it could be all false. But my understanding is going to be we're going to break up the seven qualities into three sections. We're going to be learning about the care for the one trusting the ability to provide one's needs. And finally, the provider actually provides your needs. So let's uh, see the text itself. Let's jump into chapter two. Here we go. Chapter two, what are the factors? that are needed for us to trust in someone. You know, what's fascinating is in chapter two, we're gonna learn what the provider, the seven qualities of the provider. And chapter three is gonna tell us the five prerequisites we need to say we have trust. So here we're learning about what Hashem, so to say, or anyone who's providing needs to be trusted, and in chapter three, we're going to learn the, the one trusting. What do they need to put in place? Here we go. Chapter two. But the fact is which when present, make it possible for someone to trust other creations are seven. For you and I to trust anyone, seven things need to be in place. Now, what's interesting is, we're not talking about Hashem at this moment. He's just saying to trust anyone. These seven things need to be in place. What we're going to conclude at the end of the chapter is that these seven qualities only exist in Hashem. But initially, we're saying to trust in anybody. Here we go. What's the first factor? Achaz mehen. One of the factors that causes a person to trust someone else to take care of him is if that person possesses the character traits of harachamim, v'achemla, v'ha'ava, compassion, empathy, and love. And these are different traits. You could love somebody, but not have compassion for them. And throughout the coming chapter and the next, we're going to use these three words interchangeably. 
So if we're going to mention either compassion, empathy, or love, it's going to be referring to the first factor. Ki ha'adam kishahu yedeya v'achaveri shumirachim l'chaim l'olav yiftach boi v'sonuach nafshir l'olav v'chol mashiach yichayim e'nyanam for when a person knows that his friend has compassion and empathy for him, he will place his trust in him and will have peace of mind due to his reliance on him regarding all those matters about which he will, bo- he will bother him. So if I feel that this provider doesn't love me, so I'm not going to be able to trust him, to rely on him. I'm not going to trust that he's con- going to continue to take care of me. So the first foundation of trusting in somebody is love. And what's interesting is today often we say the first foundation of trust is maybe the person is responsible or reliable, but we're not defining that as trust. You see, I'll give you an example. Mark, when you go to the bank, you trust you're going to get that money back well, you deposit, you're going to put back. But that's not real trust. That's transactional trust. The real trust that you're, someone's going to do it whether or not you're, you're deserving. The bank's going to give you money even if you have no money in your account. The bank's not going to do that. They don't love you. The first foundation of real trust is love. Okay, the second factor of Ashen is the second factor that, that is required in order for one person to trust another, that he knows that in addition to his friend's love towards him, his friend will not ignore him, nor will he become lazy in for fulfilling his wishes. Rather, he knows that his friend has decided to fulfill his wishes and will make every effort to do so. For if it will not be clear to him all of the above, then he will not be able to trust his friend completely, since he knows that his friend may ignore him and be lazy when it comes to fulfilling his wishes. Okay, so this second one already is practically impossible. The second factor is, you know, before I say, could someone say, what do they think the second factor, what's the summary of this paragraph? What is the second factor needed to trust somebody? Call it out, please. No, Farah, go ahead. Who, who is going to say the second chapter? Any, the second, a summary of the second factor. Anybody? First one is love. Second one is reliable. Well, tell me more about the reliability. What's the definition here of reliability? I'm going to say commitment. They follow through on their commitments. Yep. Okay. Could I you tell agree, me a little I, more? I agree with Michael. Totally. Follow through, but actually we're saying even more. Mm. What we're saying is even more than follow through, his friend will not ignore him. Meaning we're saying that 
even if his friend's going to get caught up and really busy with important things, he's going to put you first. Attentive and responsiveness, yeah? Yeah, but it's, resp it's responsibility, but actually it's a, responsibility, it's a responsibility above his own needs. Because if we say that, we, that it just means responsible, well, what happens if that guy gets too busy? What happens if, he, if something in his life takes over? Well, then I can't really, truly trust it. So here we're saying that to really trust somebody, they need to be so responsible. Part of their responsibility is that nothing will be sure. able to... Say it again? I actually said responsive. Responsive. Yes, yeah. responsive. Then nothing... He, he's not going to get too tired. Nothing is going to stop him from fulfilling his, his, what he said he'd provide to you. Now, so these first two items tell me that the person really cares. He loves me, and he's always going to be attentive to me, and he won't be lazy. All of the ideas you mentioned earlier. The character, he stopped to love Stay me this able. It is only when the friend he is trusting and possesses both these qualities, namely, namely that he has great compassion for him as well as that he pays attention to all of his matters, that he will be able to rely on him without a doubt. So if the person you're trusting has great compassion for you and he's paying attention to all the details in you, now it is time for you to start relying on him. However, if you want that reliance to get even stronger, well, we have more qualities the provider needs. Number three. The third one is, you see, even if that person is always attentive, what happens if there's people that are stronger than him and could stop him? So the third quality is that he is this, he has the supreme strength and nothing can stop him. Because again, if something can stop him, so how could you really rely on him? Maybe that something will stop him. Rashlish is the third quality the provider needs to see is that he, the one who's being trusted, be strong. And he will not be won over by others who try to oppose him. Regarding any matter that he wishes to achieve, nothing will stop him from fulfilling the request of the one who is trusting in him. Why? Because if he is weak, if the person you're trusting in is weak, then the trust in him is not going to be complete. <clears throat> Even though I know that he's really compassionate on me, he's always watching over me, <laughs> but that doesn't mean he's going to fulfill what he said. Because in many situations, he'll be lacking the means with which to fulfill the wants of the man trusting in him. So if the person does not have supreme strength, you can't rely on him. 
right? People, there's a concern today that social security is not going to continue. Who knows? It doesn't have supreme strength. It's not an infinite amount of money. So if you have the compassion and the person is always attentive to your needs and he has supreme strength, well, now we have more reason to trust him. If a person has these three qualities combined and present in the person you're relying on, that would be even more appropriate for you to trust in this person. So the third quality we need in the provider is that he has supreme power. Shmuel, do you have supreme power? No, not yet. No, I'm looking for someone in this class, maybe. Maybe. Baruch, you have supreme power? Not yet. Okay. Okay, if anybody does, please do private chat me. At least private chat me. Or so we know uh, we know you know who's here. I have supreme power over a few letters everything. You have supreme power uh, over what? Be spelled correctly. I think when my children were still in single digits, like before they turned 10, they thought I had supreme power. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I get it. It's long gone, Mark. Long gone, yes. <laughs> now, you know, when I learned this chapter, it's just mind-boggling when you go through these seven qualities. Why? Because you see how much is necessary to trust in somebody. Listen to the fourth quality. Imagine if the person loves you. They're always attentive to your needs and they have supreme power. But they don't really know what's inside of you. They don't know what you're thinking. They don't really know who you are. So they're making decisions for you that are bad decisions. Anybody know about such a thing? About someone who thinks they know, they know what you need, but it's, it's wrong? Rel the person you're relying on, you have to trust that he knows better than you what's best for you. Was someone asking a question? Or Shmuel, you were asking a question? No. No, let's see the fourth factor. The Haravi is to really trust in somebody. The fourth factor requires is that the one who is being trusted, the provider knows which things will be of true benefit to the one who is trusting in him. So the provider knows what's best for the one trusting. And it will not be hidden from him that which is good for him, both in situations in which the benefit is apparent and in situations in which the benefit is hidden. Because if the provider will not know all this, then the one who is trusting in him will not be able to have peace of mind in his reliance upon him. How could I rely on this person 
who's making life decisions for me, but has no clue what's best for me. You know, God forbid, when someone is put into other, other people's hands and they're making decisions for them, they have no the person making decisions, it's impossible for them to really know what's best because we don't know what's inside of the other person. You know, I was taking a class recently. I was, I was, someone was giving a class to our staff at school and they were talking how today, even today with all the advanced medicine, when it comes to mental health, many of the decisions doctors make are in a sense, they're guesswork. You know, they have these, these uh, protocol, you know, you, and you try and you, you do your best to make assumptions and, and understand. But it's impossible to really know what's going on in someone's head without them saying. So the fourth quality is that the, the provider needs to know what's best for you on every level. Okay, well, let's imagine that the provider knows what's best for you on every level, okay? So now we're going to quote the four qualities backwards. When these four qualities come together in the provider, namely that he possesses knowledge of the ways with which to take care of his needs, and he possesses the ability to help in the supreme power, and he is actively paying attention over him, and finally he has compassion towards him. So in that case, his trust in him will, will be strengthened without any doubt. I'm going to rely on this guy. I'll, I'll, I'll take the chance. So I know he loves me. And I know that he is always watching over me. And I know he has supreme power. And I know he knows what's best for me. This is good stuff. Good stuff. You know, before we go ahead, so what's the other three qualities? What could the other three qualities be? Anybody? Sounds like we got it. Mark, doesn't this sound like a, a package deal? We sounds like we got this down here. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear the others. Uh, yes, I agree. I agree. Here we go. Let's let's jump in. And the fifth quality is the person can't die. Because if the person has a beginning and an end, well, while he's alive, he's paying attention to me. But what happens if he's not here anymore? That's the fifth quality. The fifth quality is that the person that's providing for you is going to be with you from the beginning to the end of your life. The hachamish is the fifth factor required for, in order for one to truly trust. That the one in whom you're trusting is the only person who's going to take care of you from the beginning of your existence, meaning from the beginning of when your mother became pregnant with you 
through the nine months in the womb, during the days of infancy, during the time of childhood, youth, adulthood, old age, until the end of his day. If this person is not going to be with you all along, you, you know, whenever there's a transition period, right, in anything, even in hospitals, that transition period, there's the doctors are talking to each other, they're, they're passing on the information, but there's small, and, and there's systems in place that nothing should happen, but there's less. We can't have a lack to rely on somebody with utmost trust. So the fifth quality is that this person you're trusting in is going to be with you from the beginning of your creation till the end of time. Okay, so now we're going to complete again. If you have this quality and all the previous ones, uh, let's trust in that person. When all of this is to the person who has the trust, now it's an obligation already. So look, you found this person that loves you and he's always watching over you and he has supreme power. And uh, I've got the fourth factor. And he's, what's the fourth factor, somebody? Uh, yeah, he always knows what's best for you inside and outside. And the fifth factor now, that the person is, is going to be your provider from the beginning to the end of your life. Mm -hmm. Well, in that case, it obligates you to rest your mind upon him and rely on this person to be your support. Be you showing a love. You should literally lean on that person. And now we're saying a step further. If you're relying on this person from the beginning of your life to the end, so now look at the good that he has done to you in the past. And look at the benefit you're receiving from this person at every moment. If this person is taking care of you from the beginning until now, we have a lot to be thankful for until now. But like the Rebbe wrote in a letter to a woman who was going through a rough time, the Rebbe wrote, in each situation, Hashem provided for you. And you've seen that throughout your life. So trust is going to happen again. You know, we worry, we worry, and then things work out. Sounds very parental. Just one moment. Hashem has proven to you, to each and every one of us, Hashem has proven to us, we're here today. Hashem has proven to us in each situation that he's gotten us through it. So when something comes, trust. We have, we have, we have that history already. Hashem has proven himself, so to say, that he's going to get us through it. Yes, my Mendel. I just said it sounds very parental to me. Which tell me what what the, is that a positive or negative? I don't really know what you're saying. No, it's meant as a positive. I mean, I think we're we're supposed to love our mother and father like we love Hashem, and these are all qualities of Hashem as well. So I I think that that seems like that parallel is being drawn here. Yes, and even more. Yeah, parents die. Yes. What? Your parents die before you do. So they can't do the fifth. Well, until the end of their days. So. Oh, I thought it was to the end of your days. Who are Correct. we talking about here? Until, until the end of your days. The fifth factor is yeah. that the person needs to... But even, let's just reflect. 
your parents don't pay attention to you 24-7. They do sleep. Yes, they have a fifth sense. They could wake up. But your parents could look the wrong way for a moment. Uh, unintentionally, of course. We're not talking. Even the most loving parents, they do, they do take breaks. They need a parenting break. And the same thing is with supreme power. Parents don't have that supreme power, unfortunately. And parents, this is a really tough one for me to admit, but parents don't always know what's best for their kids. Your kids are, we're all complicating human beings. We don't know exactly what's inside of our children. Number four, and now number five, correct. We're not, you're not watching your child from every single moment along the way. So it's even stronger. But thank you for bringing that parallel, my Mendel. Vashishis, the sixth, the sixth quality is, in addition to all the above, no one else can help you, period. There's nothing to look at somebody else for. No one else can help you, only this provider. Because anyone familiar with the... Uh, the Gemara tells us there's something called a Kadeda de Beishutzi, a pot that two people were cooking together. And you know what? It's just a disaster. If two people are trying to cook together, it's not going to work. There has to be one chef in the kitchen. Right? Anyway, you guys know what happens when you have two drivers in one car with one steering wheel. So, you know, you don't, you don't, it doesn't always work out the best. We, so for someone to have true trust, only the person who you're trusting in could be the person who could get stuff done. Because if two people get stuff done, then you're, you're going to rely on two people. Let's see that inside. The hashishis, the sixth factor required for one to, person to trust another is that the person who has trust is totally in the hands of the one whom he trusts. Is that the person who has trust is totally in the hands of the one whom he trusts and that no one is able to harm him no one is able to help him. No one else could do good for him. No one could protect him from harm. Just like a slave who is tied up and imprisoned, totally under the jurisdiction of his master, with no one else, no one else being able to do anything to him, neither good nor bad. So not God forbid that we should look at ourselves like a slave who's tied up. But we're giving that example because that's an example where we understand that the slave was tied up, nobody could help him aside from his master. For you to trust in a provider, to really trust that they'll help you, then let's just read the next paragraph. When the one who has trust, will be totally under the jurisdiction of the one who he, one he is trusting in, in this manner outlined above, then it will be even more appropriate for him to place his trust. So if your provider, if there's two providers, then 
you're not really trusting one provider, it's getting a little messy already. To really trust, there needs to be one and only one provider. And the final factor, and this is perhaps the most incredible factor when we come to trust, is that the person you're trusting in needs to be extremely generous and giving. Remember, like we said in chapter one, regardless of if you're deservant or not. The Hashidiyas and the final, the seventh quality is that the one who is being trusted is extremely generous and kind. Both to those who are deserving of his kindness, as well as to those who are not deserving of his kindness. Wow. Wow. To trust somebody, the provider needs to give whether or not the person is deserving. The see and the divusoi masmedes, the chazay nimsha. In addition, his generosity must be constant and his kindness continuous, loyi kareis, loyi pasik, never ending and never being interrupted. So I'm curious to ask you, why does the provider need to be giving whether or not you're deserving to be able to trust it? Anyone want to give some insight? Why is that important? Why can't I trust somebody that he's going to give me if I follow the rules? Why to really trust somebody does he need to give even if I don't follow the rules? You're asking human to human sort of uh, example now, still? I'm asking human to human because at this point we're talking human to human. At this so, point, we're establishing seven qualities needed in a human to trust him. So is, why is, go is, ahead. Is trust unconditional? Well, you tell, you tell me, I'm trusting somebody. So if you're trusting them, what does that mean? Well, if I, tr if, I, if, if, if I trust somebody, then and, uh, yes, of course, there are different levels of trust, but there's that trust I, can be unconditional, I suppose, because some trusts are conditional. So I'll take that back. So you're saying you believe trust is unconditional? No, because there's different levels of trust. There's a different ah. level of trust I'm going to have with my wife or to somebody I just started a relationship with. Or yes. the, or the yes. um, I've got a different level of trust with everybody here on this Zoom call. Correct. Correct. Well, well said. So... What we're learning here is what real trust is. And in the end of this, in the end, we'll actually define different levels of trust. But to really trust somebody here is defined as relying on them, period. I'm, that's why when we started the class, we said you can't really translate bitachin in English. There's more than one word needed. Because it's not only trust. It's complete reliance on the person. 
so the question again was, why to really rely on somebody do we need to, do they need to be giving unconditionally? Shmuel, you were going to say something? Just one more time. Why, when we trust in someone else, does that other person need to be giving unconditionally in Correct. order for it to be this kind of trust we're talking about? That's Correct. That is the question I'm asking right now. Well, in order to fit with all of these other elements that you've discussed, the, the relationship has to be pretty much like a mother taking care of a baby. Yes, it's actually a good example we're going to One give later on of, of a mother to not, a baby. Not that I'm, a, yes. not that I'm entirely Catholic. I, I appreciate that example. Thank you. My Shemel, you wanted to share something? I think, yeah, something sort of related to what Mark was trying to say was it's, if it's continuous and consistent, then you know it's going to be enduring, or that's at least that's the assumption. Um, and there, and it was like uh, I think about two parshas back, we were they were talking about how you're supposed to help your if your your enemy's oxen get stuck in the mud or whatever you're supposed yeah. to yeah you're supposed to devote yourself to helping that person out of their jam. Yes, yes. I appreciate that point about close? helping. Yes, go ahead. I said, am I close? No, no, actually, not only are, is everybody close, you're all leading to, to the, the thought that I wanted to share, which is what we're talking about here, relying on somebody else. If you, have, if you have to worry about doing your part of your deal, then it's not the ultimate level of reliance. To really rely on Hashem, to really rely fully on, on any human being means that I am trusting them this is going to happen regardless. And the moment I put in equation, it's not true betachon. It's not true reliance on that person. So the seventh factor is actually a critical factor to how we're defining trust. And, and actually what's so incredible is when we think about this and, and ponder on it for a minute, really what we're learning here is if we have the ability to take in what we're going to continue to learn in this book, in this safer, we're going to come to understand that just trusting in Hashem itself on the highest level makes me deservant of unconditional love and unconditional goodness. Not only love, sometimes there could be tough love. You were saying unconditional love and actual goodness. From Hashem, or, or from the provider. We haven't yet gotten to apply this to Hashem. So let's now uh, wrap this up. We're going to summarize uh, what, should, what you should do if you found the person with the seven qualities. Someone who possesses all these qualities. 
And in addition to the quality, he possesses what we mentioned before in the introduction to Shari Tochen in chapter one. So in other words, someone who, yeah, possesses all these items. Nishlimu tenoi habi talking voice. Meets all the conditions that are necessary for a person to trust in him. Okay. So now you are obligated, based on this knowledge, to trust in him. And not only to trust in him, and to have peace of mind as a result of your reliance on him. Both when it comes to your behavior in public and behavior in private. Not to worry about his needs as well as with the rest of his body and his actions and to give himself over to him as well as to accept his decrees and to judge this provider positively trusting that even those things which seem to be good to be bad are really for the good so if this person loves me and he's always watching over me and he has supreme power and he knows what's best for me inside and outside and he takes care of me from the beginning to the end of my life and he's proven himself and He's the only person who could help me, nobody else, and he's good and be kind to me, regardless of if I deserve it. So I should be willing to throw myself. I should be willing to throw myself onto relying and trusting in him and knowing that whatever happens is only for the good. I, I hope all of you could take a few deep breaths after learning what the definition of real trust is and knowing that um, this is only going to lead us to an incredible place of calmness and relying in Hashem. Any questions, comments, concerns? Um, it, seems we're going like to... it, it seems like the process that, that, that you're heading us on is to kind of separate us completely from the rest of human beings because uh, if you have the kind of relationship with Hashem and not, and not have the interference that might come from human beings being less than Hashem you got you kind of caught in a funny place there between uh, living in a world where you got to be careful you get trust and living in a world where I'm not understanding let me I'm not understanding. If you fully trust in Hashem, and we're going to, well, I, I, sorry, I, I apologize. I understand very well. In chapter three, we're going to talk about this dichotomy of how we fully trust in Hashem, but we still need to do our part and work with other people. Yes, there are some challenges um, that this initial conversation brings, and we're going to talk about them in chapter three. So well, thank you for bringing that point up. Any other questions, comments, or concerns? Sorry, go ahead. It was just a struggle during the listing of all of those seven things on the premise that we're talking about humans, but knowing that right. <laughs> we were going to get to the yes, yes, where yes. we're going to get. Yeah, it's kind of it was an interesting path to, to take to try to understand that. Yeah. 
it's, I believe it's a very fascinating journey. Yes, that we're learning. Here. Anyone else want to share? Okay, well, I'm going to bless all of you with a beautiful night, a calm night, a, a night that you'll rely on Hashem and know that regardless of if you're deserving or not, he's going to, He loves you and He cares for you. He has supreme strength and He'll take care of you. Um, so may we all be blessed to see that in revealed actuality. Um, and God willing, next class, you'll all be able to say, I, I have the miracle to share. I'm relying on you all for that story. Amen, amen. Uh, uh, okay, Zayt Kizant, everybody. Good night, Rabbi. Yeah, thank you. Night. Dr. Clark, thank you very much.